0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Death to Smoochie. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> hey it's a rub it's a rub i love your rub
0: <laughs> uh, it's a patty. <laughs>
1: did you like that Hello. i wondered how long i could I keep it up talking like talking like <laughs> spinner
0: <laughs> not very long
1: no it's, it's hard on work it's hard on the throat it'll
0: it'll it'll hurt your throat won't it really well
1: yeah i don't know how he does it oh how are, how are you <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. How is your week going? Are you enjoying the fact that it's no longer boiling hot?
1: Yeah, but I'm also getting rained on, so I'm not enjoying that either. I'm ne- I'm never <laughs> satisfied.
0: Is, that is the British way, isn't it? No weather is ever correct.
1: Yeah, that's why you know I, I don't like the Rolling Stones for that one song Satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. It's about the weather. That's why. That's why, is. why. That's why they're such a popular band and seen as these kind of British. Um, titans of british culture or whatever
0: it's it's also the reason why um why the beatles are seen as so quintessentially epic on the music scene because of course there's the great lyric in eleanor rigby eleanor rigby walking along but it's hot but it's also quite cold nobody knows
1: (laughs) yeah all the lonely people they're walking (laughs) in the rain yeah yeah and then here comes the sun Doo doo do. do,
0: do, do. <laughs> I fuck off. <laughs> Here
1: comes the sun. I don't like it.
0: <laughs> Here comes the sun, and I said, It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's too,
1: this, this, shit, this shit's too easy.
0: <laughs> it is. So. How has your week been? What have you not been too bad,
1: you? not too bad. I uh, I enjoyed today reading about how a girl, a teenage girl whose mum kept confiscating all her devices was tweeting from her smart fridge.
0: Yes, I saw that. Uh was initially tweeting from her 3DS, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then the the 3DS got uh got taken away and so it then went from the smart fridge instead, which is a bit a little bit of genius.
1: It's genius, but a little bit of genius. You don't need a fridge to tweet did the like the people who were building that the developers all the people involved in that and the people who bought it as well did no one ever stop to think a fridge that can tweet is really stupid and unnecessary <laughs> and a thing that we just don't need
0: uh, i think a lot of the smart technology side of things they they're missing the point of what what smart technology could be yeah uh where it's all about the superfluous nonsense and not about the actual positives of what that technology could bring and also overlooking uh, my my favorite things ever so i so i follow the internet of shit on twitter which i highly recommend everybody very good twitter account um and it's just mind-boggling seeing the people who cannot cook their dinner because their oven is updating yeah (laughs) things like that
1: i can't boil my kettle because it's installing an update so good. yes
0: (laughs) and and it's just like do you not think about how some of these rudimentary tools that we use in our day-to-day lives don't need to have constant updates and then of course there is also the issue of um where your data goes uh and once a company is no longer uh, profitable does that mean that you can no longer use your oven or use your kettle which has happened before with with smart houses yeah right where where you have your whole house synced up and you're like yeah i can walk in and i can say lights on oven on put on the barry white music and it'll do it all for you
1: (laughs) my darling
0: (laughs) can't cook anything on this server baby (laughs) um and uh, uh, but then it reaches the point where the company that's behind it it's no longer profitable for them to maintain those kind of services so it all stops working anything well maybe you should just have an oven where you go and turn it on
1: yeah and of course all these devices are listening to you and giving your data to amazon and whatever
0: yeah yeah, we don't
1: want that. I'm lo- I'm looking at their Twitter page now, and on the bit above it, like in the middle of the timeline, that appears of who to follow, which is always people you never want to follow, but it's got Swift on security, which appears to be some kind of thing about internet security. Okay, fair enough. Edward Snowden. Okay, yeah, I get that. And then Enrique Iglesias.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good choice. <laughs>
1: the, the Holy Trinity.
0: I'd, I'd follow a bit of old uh, Enrique. Yeah.
1: Oh, is, is he a hero because he doesn't believe in the internet of things? That is, is precisely that
0: right. That's <laughs> he can be your hero because he can turn on your fridge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he can fix things. He can install software <laughs> updates. Yeah.
0: He can get your oven. On.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there's one. The blender is updating. Yeah. All of this shit is just so unnecessary.
0: Yeah, it's not. it's not required. It's
1: very very bad. Do you, do you own any like smart devices?
0: No, I don't. Me neither. Um
1: apart from my own brain.
0: <laughs> I I I have a questionable smart device then. <laughs> um yeah, I don't have a I don't have an even like an Echo Dot or anything like that. Oh, hell no. I I yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if that makes me a Luddite, but
1: no, we're, mm-hmm. we're very an- anti those in this house. So I I mean, I, yeah, I don't mind if other people have them, but it's like, apart quite aside from the fact that it's spying on you and listening to it all the time, I just hate the idea of just, like, bellowing everything at a device to do it for you. It's just lazy. Like, I don't know, it strikes me as the height of laziness and culture and sort of an expediency rather than taking culture at, and life at, at a reasonable pace. I don't think I'm yeah. explaining myself well, but I, I just hate the idea of just, like sitting there in your house and going hey alexa do this bring me this whatever like what's wrong with just like using your thumbs to type on a device you know
0: see for me like i think the thing that frustrates me is um that all of this technology could be used in a really good way in terms of um democratizing technology uh for, for people who have, you know, mobility issues and things like that, mm. it could work in, in incredible ways. However, it never seems as though that's the focus of it. And a lot of the time you get the idea that a lot of these things have been designed without taking in, you know, um, disability activists and, and and those kind of specialists to really see about how you can make a difference to people's lives. And, and that's where it rubs me up the wrong way is a lot of this technology could do really great things, but a lot of them aren't being built with their true potential in mind because it's a blind spot for a lot of the the sort of tech industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They don't care. It's still about the profit motive. But what I really know is why aren't they building like a giant dome around the world to stop us from getting rained on and from getting <laughs> hot? You know, why are they working on yeah smart fridges when they could be working on that? They need to Pull their finger out <laughs> not not that um, I'm working on that,
0: I mean to be honest, Paddy, you got a brolly or a jacket with a hood or the ability to wear a t shirt I'm fine with it,
1: yeah, no i've got um I've got quite a good raincoat, actually, oh, there we go. I hate umbrellas, they're <laughs> rubbish
0: have have you Have you thought about um, putting a microchip on it and then going to Silicon Valley? And so yeah, nice. and
1: they go. Oh, hey, I can tweet from my raincoat. You've you've revolutionised yeah. <laughs> the
0: jacket industry for the modern man.
1: Yep, that's that's the crazy modern age we live in.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh dear.
1: Uh, well, no, none of that stuff existed in two thousand and two, of course.
0: It did not. It did not. Do you know what did exist in two thousand and two?
1: Robin Williams.
0: Robin Williams being awesome. So yeah. deft to Smoochie, right? Do, yeah. Can you believe that this, this proves that the Razzies are a bunch of shit, which is an opinion I've held for a very long time? The
1: Razzies are a bunch of shit. Like, yeah.
0: you look at the number of incredible movies that have been nominated for Razzies, and it's just like, guys, you don't know. You know fuck all. You know, yeah. fuck Go away.
1: I mean, what well, does say here? Robin Williams received a Razzie Award for worst supporting actor for his performance as Randolph in this film, but lost to Hayden Christensen for his performance in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, which is an awful performance. But-
0: <laughs> At some point, I really want us to sit down and watch that movie specifically, because it is the, it is the, the Star Wars movie about love.
1: Would it also be... Wouldn't it also be really weird to watch that in isolation as well? Yes. Yeah. I've only ever I think well I mean I saw it when it first came out. But since then I've only like in the cinema, but since then I've only ever watched it as part of a marathon of watching them all. Which me and Adam have done. So yeah. We should we definitely should we see should what it's do. like to watch that in that isolation. Would
0: be, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um but, but yeah, so, so this performance is one of my favourite Robin Williams performances.
1: I agree and yeah I think what they've done there is they've confused a film whose subject matter is not necessarily mainstream or its presentation and its approach um, has not gone down well with um, mainstream audiences and because of that, because Robin Williams puts on a very flamboyant and over the top performance and puts his heart and soul into it as he always did they've confused that with a with it being a bad performance when actually they just don't like the film, which is proof yes. that, yeah, that the Razzies are rubbish. Who, who like, administers the Razzies anyway?
0: It's um, Mr. Golden Raspberry is his name. Oh, nice. <laughs> golden you, Raspberry. Go, yeah, Golden Raspberry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was started by, by just, like, one random guy, and then it's become more of a thing. But I I hate the idea of it. I think the idea of giving out awards for worst. And it, it's always nice when someone sort of takes it on the chin.
1: Yeah, like it's it's important to be able to laugh at yourself.
0: Yeah, like Halle Berry was very sort of celebratory of receiving one for Catwoman, for instance. and yeah. and, and that always is nice. And so I don't think they necessarily come from a mean-spirited place. But I think the idea of giving out awards for worst, when it's not something that's insidious, is is like if someone's trying hard to cr- try and create something and they just don't do a good job of it. I think highlighting that to people in such a celebratory way is a bit. Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: I think it's really hard for that not to be mean spirited. Yeah, even if exactly. that's your intention. But yeah, they, they they did a worst actor of the decade of the 2000s, and Eddie Murphy won, beating <laughs> Rob Schneider. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: And and I think that's a little bit unfair because he's made, he made an awful lot of duds towards the end of that time period, didn't he? But Rob Schneider <laughs> does, does Rob Schneider have anything that wouldn't be considered a dud in some way, shape, or form?
1: I don't know. What are you saying about Juice Bigelow, Male gigolo?
0: <laughs> Excuse me, European <laughs> gigolo, Thank you very much. Is oh the sorry, ultimate. that is the greater of the two. Having neither, having watched neither of them, it's arty yeah, because
1: um, it's European.
0: Exactly, it's, it's 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 like um, it's it's an art house movie. That's what it is. It's, yeah. it's mumblecore in its approach. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, um I, Home
1: Alone Two: Lost in New York. Uh, I he plays movie. Cedric the Bellhop.
0: Does he now?
1: <laughs> Have you not even seen it?
0: I've seen, I've seen oh. that. I don't remember him. I remember Tim Curry.
1: He's like Tim Curry's useless assistant
0: okay right he He asked he
1: asks um cheeky young macaulay culkin for a tip and he gives he gives him his bubble gum out of his mouth and puts it in his gloved hand
0: he uh, his his performance left such an impression on me to be fair to be fair there's a couple of rob schneider films i'm totally down with uh he is in demolition man which is an underrated action comedy sci-fi movie with sliced alone super super funny It's got Wesley Snipes doing one of the best Wesley Snipes performances. Um, And he's also in the Judge Dredd movie. Have you ever seen the Judge Dredd movie?
1: No, I have not.
0: That is a a brilliant shit piece of a film that everybody hates. But there is something unbelievably enjoyable about it. And Rob Schneider plays, again, Sylvester Stallone plays Judge Dredd. um, And Rob Schneider plays his cheeky little sidekick comedy character.
1: Why doesn't Rob Schneider play Judge Dredd?
0: I mean, I'd love it. I'd love it. Um, it was it was very poorly received by everybody. Um, uh, but I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for it. Not as much as I do for the other Dread movie that came out the other year, which is genuinely a fantastic action film um, and a really good adaptation of Judge Dread as a comic. But I've got a little bit of a soft spot for the silly 90s Explosion Fest starring Sylvester Stallone
1: yeah you can't go wrong with that kind of thing can you 90s it's explosions stallone schneider <laughs> schneider
0: it's got it's got desert mutants what more do you want it's got clones it's got people shouting law a lot law <laughs> um i and, am and, the law and
1: there's, there's no the there's, judge.
0: there's no shouting of i am the law in death to smoochie but there's an awful lot of really good dialogue in this film
1: there is some st- something to do with the law which i'll tell you was my <laughs> the moment that made me genuinely laugh out loud the funniest line in the whole film is when it's um they're at spinner's funeral and the irish mob are all there and um talking to edward norton smoochie what's his actual name eugene eugene mcnerd sheldon there's- mopes sheldon mopes yeah And um, the Irish mob are there and they're saying, oh, you know, we're going to, we'll find the guy who got him and we'll cut off his balls and do this, that, whatever. And then Sheldon's like, um, oh, can't we we just call the cops and get them to sort it out? And one of the mobsters who's like said nothing up until this point turns around and goes, no, cops won't do the ball thing. It's against (laughs) procedure, (laughs) which (laughs) Which was just perfect comic timing.
0: All of the Irish mob sections in this film are really, really funny. There's that great one where it, it shows them about to murder the guy who works for the charity, the crooked charity mobster. Um, and they say to him, oh, do you like some fairy? Do you like fairy tales? And they Say, hey, tell him the one about the worthless prick that gets his head chopped off with an axe.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the tone of this film, isn't it?
0: Generally. yeah it, it it manages to toe the line really well between being incredibly silly and slapstick and being extremely dark almost simultaneously doesn't it
1: yeah it does and that's a that's an interesting combo that i think is not for everyone and that's the only way you can explain how this film was a bomb was because people just didn't really get what it was trying to do and when you mix things up in that way it's not easy to do but I think it does pull it off I enjoy it I enjoyed it and I found it very very funny I don't think I enjoyed it as much as the first time on the second viewing but I still enjoyed it and I still think it's funny and well made and well acted as well as the main thing I think if it was poor performances from you know less qualified and less well-known people it probably would be terrible
0: Yes, yeah. I think the performances really pull it through, and I think a lot has to be said about Danny DeVito's direction as well. Yeah. Um, Because Danny DeVito, he's in it, and he also directed it, um, like Matilda beforehand. And it's a really interesting film because it is filmed very much in this cartoonish way. There's a lot of Dutch angles. Uh, I don't know if you notice. There's loads of Dutch angles in this movie. There's loads of, like, fisheye lens and close-ups and stuff like that. It's a really sort of... um, not experimental but it it does a lot of weird stuff.
1: You got the feeling they were having fun with it.
0: Yes, and and it gives it this really cartoonish feel um which I think really works. And and you're right about that that maybe being a reason why it didn't do well with audiences is a not really getting what it was about. Um and either thinking it was going to be very dark or thinking it's going to be very funny and it's that weird blend of the two. Um and also it's it's shot in a way that's very 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 uh marmite i suppose yeah um the, you, you really might watch this movie and hate it <laughs> because of the way it looks because it's it could be quite disorientating i suppose And it's a very it's a very colorful film as well it is um, yeah
1: especially when it shows the kids tv show sets and stuff there's all you've got rainbow randolph and then you have got all the <clears throat> smoochies magic jungle and stuff it's all but all of that stuff works really well
0: yes yeah so so for me it's it's probably one of my favorite movies and and um, I'll, I'll always be happy about finding it, and it's one of those solaces of having really bad insomnia. Is I discovered this film, it was showing at like three o'clock in the morning on Channel Four or something like that, and I'd never heard of it before, and was watching. It's like this film is awesome. Why didn't more people not know about it? And then I did some research, and it's like, oh, because it was a massive box office bomb that, that Roger Ebert said was one of the worst films he'd ever seen yeah. in his life.
1: I looked at his review, and he described it as um, as being cynical, which I think is actually quite unfair because it's a, it's a satirical film at its heart. But some people, I think, when you take something that's supposed to be as as pure as children's TV and turn it on its head in that way it's very, very easy for it to appear gratuitous even if it's not, isn't it?
0: Yes, and and I'd say that it is a little bit... It's a little bit raunchy with the way it shows things, but I think that really helps to accentuate it because it is it is effectively trying to make a noir gangster story within children's television. Yeah. And, with ch- and within children's entertainment. And so it's got to it's got to um take risks and it's got to be a little bit naughty like that
1: yeah absolutely and if if you don't approach that with a sense of humor you're going to end up with something that is so dark that nobody will enjoy it unless you're trying yes. to make a horror film
0: yes exactly and and i i think this film is very very funny and i think it tells a good story and and i think in particular the performances are good Although I would say that if it was anybody other than Robin Williams, I'm not sure the movie would work as a whole. He, he is the glue that ties this entire film. It sticks the entire film together.
1: It's his most maniacal performance, for sure.
0: Yes. And, and it's got, because this was in a period of time where Robin Williams was doing a lot of very experimental work in his film. So you had things like One Hour Photo or um, there's another film that he was in at the time, uh, more sort of like a straightforward sci-fi thriller. Um, I've forgotten what it's called, but basically it was set in a world where people have a camera in their head, like, seeing everything that they do in their lives, and his job was to... Cut up the footage when somebody dies to make a little eulogy video that can be shown to the family to right. show their life. That, from see, that sounds like
1: end. a Black Mirror episode.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a Black Mirror episode before Black Mirror was even a thing, and it's a very interesting film. Um, what was it called? I can't remember for the life of me. Uh, oh, the, the Final Cut, I think it was called. And, and so so this movie came out the same year as insomnia where he plays a serial killer and one hour photo where he plays the obsessive person working in a in a um, film developing um, store and and so in between those two performances you've got this thing that almost at times it's got that energy and um and that feel of a classic robin williams performance you know the slapstick the movement the the brightness to it but then when he Delves into the darker side of it. it, it shows this entire new level to the character and it shows this entire new level of comedy to the audience. Because, yes, he's funny when he's, you know, dancing on a bench and and doing a Nazi salute at a baby and things like that. <laughs> and the baby cries in the way And the baby play. cries. It's so good. Um, but on what top of that. What does he call the baby? He goes, Hello. a little nipple nibbler. Hello,
1: little nipple nibbler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the rhino's a Nazi. Um <laughs>
1: That really made me chuckle.
0: Um and and so you've got that but then you've got the really darker side to it where he's you know he's he's brandishing a gun and he's you know he he's he's he is slowly disintegrating and he does it in such a funny way. Yeah. Where where like for instance when he when he's being harassed outside the the courthouse and and someone throws an egg at him and he goes that's salmonella that's salmonella <laughs> someone touched my ass. <laughs> it's 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 really it's a it's a hilarious performance from him. I think it's a real shame that this movie has kind of been forgotten about because it's a it's if you're a fan of Robin Williams, you deserve to to watch this film, I suppose.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you should you should take it for what it is and not think that it's bad just because it has it sort of faded away and that pe that Roger Ebert called it cynical.
0: Yeah, because it is I th- I think it's unfairly criticized and it is a film that's not for everyone. But I think there's moments in it that anybody could enjoy, even if overall as a film, they they wouldn't. You know, it's it's got Robin Williams calling a penis Rumpel foreskin. <laughs> what, what more could you want? What more could you want from a film than that?
1: Yeah, he is he is really really good, and he's really compelling as well
0: yeah because he's is almost even though um, he's an awful
1: he, man you're kind of vaguely on his side
0: you you are you are and and you spend a lot of time with him and and the sheer charisma behind the performance and the energy that he provides because it's not as though this movie has passive protagonists but as the antagonist of the piece he um he almost drives the plot just as much as sheldon which is saying something because it's not as though sheldon as smoochie doesn't keep the plot moving at a very steady pace yeah and that's what's really interesting about this film is it does have this constant movement everything is always flowing incredibly well it never it never you know shuffles its feet at any point no which i I I, think really helps with it
1: i think that might be a reason it's off-putting to some people as well is that the pace does seem very very strange and it does seem at times relentless or to me it felt a little bit relentless it's like oh here's another mob attack and another mob attack and another attack on his career and another attempt on his life and i just think just let the rhino play, but it is still funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think you're right there because it does it does feel like it's it's pushing you, it's pushing you from behind, isn't it? Yeah, and whole, it goes from him
1: like singing, singing to crack addicts in the um in the methadone clinic to like having his own show, literally ne- the next scene, and it's like all established, which I think is might some might strike some people as strange plotting, because it seems like that's the story when actually the the story is that everyone's. After his ass.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if, if you go into this movie thinking that it's going to be like uh, about the rise of a new TV star, it's not. No. Yeah, that's all established within about 15 minutes that he is this, this sensation. But then the rest of the movie is about the attempts to corrupt him and then the attempts to destroy him when he won't be corrupted yeah which makes it sound very it makes it sound like you know a, a godfather movie or something like that doesn't it yeah it um, when you think about it
1: that way that's what is at the heart of it and that is why it works as a a satire because it does actually genuinely ask ask questions about you know the about corruption and purity And all of these kind of things. And, you know, these days he'd be he'd be very woke, wouldn't he? With his soy dogs and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And that's the funny thing, isn't it? Is that he's kind of made out to be a bit of a joke at the beginning with, you know, being vegetarian, uh, not drinking, thinking that it's it's better for the kids if you don't um, market the fuck out of your TV show and try and sell them like uh, additive laden cola. But I think today it would almost get a positive reaction from people, wouldn't it? Yeah. And 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 they would be looking for this this um and and not entirely because you know capitalism exists so they'll do whatever makes money. And if they had the chance to flog more junk that's cheaper to make then they would do. But I think there has been this kind of shift in the market hasn't there where there is more of a view on health.
1: Yeah, than definitely.
0: More of, a, more of a view on well-being particularly for children. Um so so it's interesting that by the end of the movie everybody is on board with it apart from the real villains of the piece. And that's almost it's it's almost you know showing the the trends in, um, the trends in marketing and the trends in creating content for children, uh, that that have transpired in the nearly what fifteen years since over fifteen years now since this movie
1: came. Yeah, yeah, we've gone. You know, back then it was all Teletubbies, wasn't it? And now we yes, have Peppa yeah. Pig, and <laughs> Paw Patrol, and yeah, all sorts of stuff.
0: all all kinds of things do do you have to watch a lot of kids TV yet no he's, he's
1: he's too young for TV it's only books at the moment
0: so you you've got all that to look forward to. You get to be down with the kids and learn what they're what they're up to.
1: Yeah, but we we're we're trying to avoid um, Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol. Apparently, Paw Patrol is very fascist in the way it approaches its content.
0: <laughs> fascist. Yeah, it's, is it because it's the police?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a, a police dog going around, you know. And I just look at it and I think my son can do better than a dog that's a cop. You know, there's there's better stuff out there.
0: I think you need or a pig who's Island. made of pepper. Do you remember Noah's Island? What, that was what nice. What
1: the hell is Noah's Island?
0: It was about the zoo where they're where they're um they're they're they were all on a boat going to a zoo. All these animals, and then there was a storm, and they all washed up on this island, and no humans were there, so it was just these animals, and they kind of had this harmonious collective.
1: I have no memory did of you, this at all. Was this a cartoon watch... or was this a?
0: Yeah, it was a cartoon. Noah's Island. Oh. I can't believe you never saw it. It no. was around when we were we were we kids. Oh, I demand that you you look at it because I'm sure you must have seen it at some point. It was it was the absolute bomb, and there was this weird island. Uh, there was this weird creature that no one really knew quite what it was.
1: Oh, was that Noah?
0: No, no Noah, Noah was a polar bear.
1: Oh, of course. That, that's that's faith, <laughs> faithful course. to the original Bible story. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's exactly like the Bible story. Um, yeah, Noah's island was dope, man. Yeah, you get that? I I am slightly disappointed that you haven't already got your child playing Fortnite,
1: though. (laughs) Yeah, this is what all kids like. It's just ingrained into them.
0: (laughs) All kids like
1: Fortnite. It used to be be Minecraft, and now it's Fortnite.
0: Although, Minecraft is still a big thing. And then you've got Roblox as well. Lots of kids play Roblox. What's
1: Roblox? Is that just like Minecraft?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like Minecraft.
1: Yeah. No, Um, I just read him Elmo's bedtime countdown every night. Which is the book that showed me that Elmo has parents.
0: Elmo has parents? Yeah,
1: did you see the tweet that I did about it?
0: No, I did not.
1: His dad's wearing like an Adidas tracksuit from the 90s and he has a soul patch. It's very upsetting.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) Do you reckon he used to play in like an Incubus style band? Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. It's Uh, it's a very mid-2000s
0: look. I've just looked him up. (laughs) His mum looks so unhappy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, wouldn't you be? (laughs) (laughs) That kid with that voice following you around all the time. That is brilliant. I I do do a bit of the Elmo voice when I read to him.
0: Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: He likes that. So yeah, so some of this stuff, like, we'll show him on video when he's older, but now we have, like, books with Elmo and the Muppets and Peanuts and stuff. Because this is what happens when you become a parent, until he gets to an age where he hears about Fortnite and goes. I need to be into Fortnite now. We can just get him to watch all the stuff that we watched when we were kids, because obviously that's good, and everything that's out now is rubbish. Because that's how it works, right?
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, the, the moment that you're you leave me alone with him, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be all like, look, here's Pokemon. Oh, get playing Pokemon.
1: No, I'm, I'm very down with Pokemon. <laughs> I hope he likes that.
0: Even, even new Pokemon, like the rubbish Pokemon and the ice cream Pokemon.
1: Yeah, because they're super weird. It's great. Have you
0: seen have you seen the new design for Weezing that's especially being brought in no. for so so Pokemon Sword and Shield is the new ones. And 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 the new version of Weezing, it kind of looks like two industrialists <laughs> wearing top hats, but the top hats are also um Uh, the pipes of a power plant
1: (laughs) i'm looking at this now this is really weird one of
0: them's got a big mustache and one of them's got a beard but they're made out of green smoke it's it's so (laughs) weird
1: stovepipe hats that are literally piping
0: (laughs) it's so good and this website Um, is
1: asking me to allow desktop notifications i mean what kind of absolute fucked up psychopath would you have to be to click allow on that
0: (laughs) i know i nobody gets desktop notifications Leave me alone.
1: Yep. Yeah. Unless you, you want desktop notifications from Big Boys Don't Cry, in which case we will send you the best notifications.
0: Yeah, we'll just send you pictures of wheezing. Yep. Yeah. And,
1: <laughs> and Noah's and, Island.
0: And 10,000 10, weird articles about how we hate Paw Patrol. Yep.
1: Yeah. How fascist it is.
0: <laughs> Having seen nothing about this show before, I hate it. <laughs> it can get in the bin. Yep.
1: Yeah, for sure. But to bring it back to Smoochie, what's good about that is that the Smoochie character and the Smoochie show, yeah, it's, it's jokey, but it's also totally believable. And even when he's doing like um, satirical songs, like the one where my step does not mean he's just adjusting, even though it's, it's jokey, it's also believable and it doesn't go over the top and sort of make jokes that are like, oh, he's saying rude things in front of the kids. It's like, actually, it's fine. And like the... He gets out a penis-shaped biscuit and says it's a rocket ship. Like you could believe that that could happen.
0: Yes, it's it's all. Um, it, it, there's this earnestness behind his performance that's, you know, it, it's very much in character and it helps cement his place as this this good guy, this heart of gold in a corrupt industry. But that also it it grounds it in realism in what is otherwise quite a fantastical world yeah um because his show feels like a like a real kid show you could imagine that being on television
1: yeah you've got hundreds of kids all shouting yay while a kid while a um yeah an animal comes around that's clearly a guy in a suit like barney (laughs) the dinosaur
0: exactly like barney the dinosaur yeah
1: apparently there is a barney the dinosaur movie from the 90s is there? we should watch that should we (laughs) (laughs) no i I think um, my son will watch it at some point and then we can report back
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. You can. You can. Uh. You. You can do that investigation for us. Yep. <laughs> um. I. I realise that we haven't really talked about what the plot of this film is for any listeners who haven't.
1: No. Do you want to? Do you want to do a quick summary?
0: Yeah. So. So Rainbow Randolph, played by Rowan Williams, is caught in a corruption sting for accepting money to get kids onto his show. So the network then decides to find the squeakiest, cleanest uh, children's entertainment act they can find, which just so happens to be Smoochie the Rhino, uh, played by Edward Norton. However, along the way, lots of people try to corrupt him to make the money that they used to make off Rainbow Randolph show, um, to which Smoochy the Rhino resists, getting him into trouble with a whole lot of of uns including some gangsters who tried to have him killed. And hijinks ensue.
1: Yeah. People, they, they kill the wrong rhino.
0: Yes, they do kill the wrong rhino in a very, very sad scene. And it, it is a sad scene done in a very comedic way, but it's a character that you're going to really, really enjoy and really love in Spinner Dunn. Yeah. Um, who has that same kind of enthusiasm and earnestness that Sheldon has.
1: Yeah, he just wants to be on TV.
0: Yeah. And and so it is very sad. And then they call back to it in the ice show at the end, and it's kind of a sad scene. And you're like, oh, this is yeah. this is sad. Nice. How has this movie made me feel things? Whilst also having Robin Williams shouting, "My balls are on fire." Yeah. How how are these two <laughs> things in the same movie?
1: And that even though you know Spinner got onto the show because his cousin Tommy threatened to to commit violence against Smoochie he became a close friend.
0: Yes, exactly. And and you know, it uh, it, it does kind of. It's got that real flip of emotion, doesn't it? And that real flip of of uh, of character motivation at times. And maybe that's another reason why people found it a bit discomforting. And, I, and I'm not sure what the audience reaction's been because it has become a really big cult classic since it came out. But I wonder how many people were just put off by the, by the awkward reviews and not really knowing what it was about. It's kind of a weird title sure. as well. Yeah, it is a weird title and it's a weird concept. It's and like so you're
1: supposed I, to know who Smoochie is. Yes, yeah.
0: And I dunno, it's I can see why this movie did badly, but I think it's a real shame that it it did do badly.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a shame that people weren't that open minded, I suppose. And I do wonder if it was sort of made now and there were jokes about him being woke and loving soy dogs and whatever that like whether it would be different. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it I think it might have done. I think it might have it it i don't know i think people would be a bit more receptive these days it would probably this kind of movie would not get made and released theatrically this would be definitely be like a netflix original or or an amazon original i think i don't think they'd necessarily get a um get a theatrical release out of it
1: no not at all it would be this would be a netflix original for sure and there'd be lots of gifs doing the rounds on the internet of people who can't even about the rhino yes
0: exactly there'd be some uh there'd be some big old net uh big old buzzfeed lists about it so i'm looking at what came out around the same time to see if there was any other big names that might have taken away from it so it did release a couple of weeks after ice age um, after resident evil (laughs) which which uh, is a wonderful shit piece but it did do very well at the box office yeah yeah um then you had II, we had Blade 2. We had Panic Room. Oh, Panic um, Room. And so, I don't know. It doesn't seem as though it was up against an awful lot. Uh, like, there's no, there's no, like, you know, you know, this is before the Marvel movies, but there was nothing that was kind of... To the same extent as, as that kind of huge blockbuster coming out around the same time. So I guess the reason it failed was again, it was down to that marketing, it was down to people not really knowing what it was. Because even a movie as strange as this, it would still have found a home with the the people that are in it. You know, it's some big names in this.
1: Yeah, it's really surprising. Yeah. Robin Williams, Ed Norton and Danny DeVito, all huge names and all huge names at that time as well. Nobody no it's not like it was before their ascent.
0: No, no, exactly um so this was what uh ed norton before this he'd done things like american history x had made a big name for himself he'd done fight club yeah so it's not as though he was an unknown quantity robert williams obviously a a huge box office draw and a huge name and so yeah it's it's a shame that this didn't land better it still makes me sad that more people haven't seen this film
1: yeah me too i i don't think i know anyone who's even heard of it
0: no i think i'm the person who did introduce it to everyone at university you introduced
1: it to me certainly
0: yeah and yeah it's just it's sad it's sad i I wish i wish more people had love for this film and you know that's why we do this podcast sometimes it
1: is absolutely to bring these kind of films out into the yeah into the open
0: and and since we are a, a romantic movie focused podcast, we should probably talk about the romance in this film because it does it does. We should play... talk
1: about the tacked on romantic plot.
0: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's 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 not. I wouldn't say that it's just entirely tacked on though, because it does play a little bit of a part in the script, a, a little bit of a part in the character development. Um, it's it's not like your your action movie where they kiss at the end and that's it. it no, they do no. kind of feed it in bits and pieces across the movie. But it's not as though it's a it's an integral part of of what makes this movie tick, does it?
1: No, and you you sort of see it coming, but at the same time, it is kind of a surprise because they they hate each other and then they they become lovers, which is is a just, good trope,
0: just like in real life, it happens all yeah. the time
1: in real life. That was how we came to to do this podcast. Of yeah,
0: I, I I used to throw things at you and be like, "Go away, nerd." <laughs>
1: You used to dunk my head in the toilet.
0: I did, but then we grew to respect one another and now we have this great podcast. Yeah, um, where well, so... we
1: bring films that people don't know about back into the public eye, like the classic Under the Cherry Moon. <laughs> Fuck
0: off. <laughs> um, so, so so, the love interest here is uh, Nora Wells, played by Catherine Keener, who is great. She's great. Really, really great. Yeah, she's brilliant. And in this, she's really, she's really good fun as well. She puts in a good performance. Um, playing the 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 deeply cynical like executive of yeah of the of the network who's kind of is is managing Smoochie the Rhino.
1: But what's really good about her performance is that when she turns around and shows herself to be vulnerable, is that you believe it, which is often actually a difficult thing to pull off when you're playing this kind of hard nosed TV exec character.
0: Yeah, and it's done in a very careful way actually, which surprised me because I. Part of the reason why I was interested in watching this again was was putting an eye on the romance side of it and thinking about how well her character is developed and how um, how well it is included into the storyline and whether it does feel tacked on. But, you know, it, it does feel like it's not really a, an important part of the script, but her character feels one of the it's, it's a movie with some very interesting characters in it. And she's one of the interesting ones of that Almost that triumvirate of Rainbow Randolph, Sheldon Mopes and Nora Wells. These three characters are all quite deep for a film of this kind.
1: Yeah, I was, I was about to say that her character and the romantic plot gives it depth. You could get away with not having her in the film at all, actually. You, it could just be him, John Stewart, Danny DeVito. And it could just be all men doing mob stuff and it would still be funny and enjoyable, but it does give it that little bit more depth and gives you some extra bits of his character to deal with as well because he obviously feels conflicted about his relationship with her and then you know he they they come to understand and to love each other and that shows a different side to him as well you know he's not just a woke soy boy
0: yeah he's also a a, a lover yeah and and also what i found interesting is that his character they have these odd little moments where they hint at much wider anger management problems and it's, yeah. it's never truly developed, which kind of leaves this interesting mystery in the air for me, where he says about how he had to take an anger management class at college. He does this huge primal scream in the middle of one of his live shows. Um, yeah. he, at the end, he's nearly shooting people. Although it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the dramatic chase scene, isn't it? At the end, where he's chasing after Danny DeVito, um, yeah. who's just nearly had him killed by a hilarious performance by the way by um vincent chiavelli who yeah. uh, i don't know if you if you know his work from other stuff but he is absolutely hilarious unfortunately no. i think he died the That's other. The, year. the crack
1: addict buddy ding yeah
0: um i think he died the other year unfortunately which is really sad but he he's great in this he just turns up uh says sorry i smell like piss you know how it is <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. and then he um and then yeah he's got a sniper rifle and he's trying to kill kill smoochie the rhino um that has the great uh sort of outro line as he's pushed from the rafters uh falling to his death he goes i never saw venice (laughs) it's just hilarious his character just is is this great little it's it's almost like a cameo um but it just comes in and it, it it really it really matches the tone of the film really well
1: it says here that um, Roger Ebert stated that Chevelli had a way of slipping into films without people knowing his name, but they remembered his great performances as unique characters. So even though he hated Death to Smoochie, I feel like he, that's what he's talking about there.
0: Yeah, because And that's a really great description of, of him is, you know, a lot of a lot of people will be listening to us talking about him thinking, who the hell's that? But then you'll see his face and you'll be like, oh, that's that guy. That's the guy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's the guy from that one James Bond movie, yeah, you know he's 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 got that presence he he had that presence where he'd come into a film he'd really put in a great performance that you would remember and and this is no different,
1: yeah, absolutely he's great.
0: Um but yeah and and a lot of the minor performances in this film are great as well you know I think you've got people like John Stewart before they were they were massive
1: Yeah I I didn't know that John Stewart had done any acting I thought he was just a TV host
0: Um but nope he's here he's corrupts he is it, clearly killed by the mob at the end of the film <laughs> sucks to be you, John Um but yeah and and so it's 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 interesting the number of great people that they managed to get in to this film um, and, and there must have been something about it and I think there is something about it that's very interesting particularly for people who know their comedy um, this was an interesting movie that a lot of people wanted to be involved in um, but whether that then translated to Joe Bloggs who just wants to go see Resident Evil and see a woman kick a zombie dog in the face that's another <laughs> matter entirely
1: that's what we all want
0: yes yeah that 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 is what we all want so, so yeah. speaking of John Stewart John, John Stewart <laughs> J-
1: John Stewart.
0: <laughs> Speaking of John Stewart, that's
1: my surname.
0: He's also in. Uh, there's only a couple of things that I remember him in as an actor, and one of them is this, and then the other one is the Faculty. Have you ever seen the Faculty?
1: No, I remember that being quite popular when I was at school, but I just never got around to seeing it. It's got Elijah Wood in it. It and is it's about a faculty in the
0: university. It is that. That is incorrect. <laughs> um, it is not about that. Um, it's, it's about rubber- academia. It, it, it is definitely about academia if by academia you mean um mind control alien monsters that basically do invasion of the body snatchers um so it's directed by um robert rodriguez who um did films like from Dust till dawn um sin city uh stuff like that um and um he he's he's probably best known for like desperado and once upon a time in mexico as well right so he's, he's this director that's really great at bombastic action-packed movies sometimes you know more of a um more of a sort of uh horror vibe as well and um and the faculty is this great little Uh, high school based horror movie where invasion of the body snatchers happens in this high school in the middle of nowhere and it's very very funny it's got this great cast of people include including like um clay duval uh josh hartner as well um famke It's it's got this great cast and john stewart is one of their he's like their science teacher
1: and it's oh, just there. And of course, got, why not? Got,
0: and he's got a little goatee. And, 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 and that's it. It's like, oh, John Stewart, well done.
1: All science um, teachers have goatees. This is a fact. It is. This it is, is a, a, s- a truth universally acknowledged. It is a
0: scientific fact, indeed. But yeah, so so that, I, I like that film. At some point, I don't think we can watch the faculty. I don't think there's enough um, romance in it. There's
1: no mind. love between a man and his goatee.
0: No, there isn't. There's There's love between... Men and women. There's also love between um, alien monsters and humans, um, but there is cool. no love between a man and a goatee. And I don't think we can really justify it. But a little recommendation for everybody: go and watch the faculty. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really good. But yeah, and how did we get onto this? I forgot. Oh, John Stewart. And John Stewart. John Stewart, John Stewart is funny in in this. He's he's not really used very yeah. much, but he's he funny. has a
1: really bad haircut
0: he does have a terrible haircut that is true
1: for no particular reason because they're like this is like high-flying angry cynical tv guy he would have a nice haircut but
0: yeah he'd he'd have like a a um he'd have an american psycho cut wouldn't he
1: yeah definitely he'd be smart
0: yeah but he does not sucks to be you
1: yeah it's for you john stewart yeah with your money and your tv shows yeah it's
0: for be you because you once had a bad haircut unlike nobody else
1: yeah i've never had a bad bad hair no in my i've life.
0: always had excellent hair it's true I,
1: I came out of the womb with like a, a quiff like morrissey
0: <laughs> oh dear so so have we got anything else we want to share about um deaf uh
1: let me see what did i put down um we already talked about my stepdad's not mean; he's just
0: adjusting.
1: I liked the um, credit sequence where they're all just kind of goofing around to higher and higher. That's that's nice.
0: Yeah, that's a nice little scene.
1: And again, that kind of it's sort of low key, funny, isn't it? But it sort of it says it says to you at the end of this film, don't take it too seriously, right? It's a film that doesn't ask you to take it seriously, but it does have depth to it. So I think that's quite a nice balance. And it, it has the right level of goofiness, which is the thing that we always talk about, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, it does. It has that good level of goof.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny and it's good. And the romance works and it's believable, so that's one of our most important things on this podcast. Yeah,
0: we need that believable love.
1: Yeah, if you don't believe it, get out.
0: Yeah, get get the hell out. Yeah. Um. So
1: yeah, I think that's, that's all I have to say, really. Have you got trivia?
0: So yeah, so I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Um so to start with, you know that uh in in the apartment there's that picture of a rhino oh, hanging yeah, on the wall. Yeah. Um Edward Norton kept it and still has it hanging on his wall in real life. Which is That's really nice. cool. Um Jim Carrey was once attached to Star, but he dropped out hmm. to go and do the Majestic, which is I don't know if I've seen The Majestic. I have not. Um I hear it is Majestic. I wonder
1: if that would have worked I don't know if it
0: would have done actually I think I don't know I think you need the earnestness of of Edward Norton in this
1: yeah Kerry he's done earnest in things like the um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind but it's a very very different tone isn't it whether you can do kind of funny earnestness, I don't know if I'd... Yeah, I don't know if I'd go for that. Because what's
0: funny is that he almost put in a Rainbow Randolph-style performance in The Cable Guy, which is a film I really love. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's great in that as this malevolent slapstick character, which, yeah, so I don't know. He, he can do low-key performances, but whether he'd have the required level of po-facedness that Edward Norton has in this... Yeah. I think that's another matter entirely. I don't think he can do Poe. No, he can only do La La or Tinky Winky. <laughs> yeah. Bringing it back to the Teletubbies. Yeah, oh. that's a good kids, kids TV reference. Um, so I know you're a fan of punk. Um, yeah, Henry, always.
1: I'm a, I'm a punk man.
0: Henry Rollins auditioned for the part of Spinner.
1: That would have been really cool, <laughs> <Should've actually>. been... <laughs> I would have. I would have loved that. Because
0: I love when Henry Rollins acts and stuff. He is awesome. I really... He's
1: just an all-round great guy. He is
0: brilliant. I mean, he's a proper dude and a half. But he's in all of these great movies. And so, yeah, I'm I'm down with that. I'm totally down with that. And then, um, so, John Stewart wasn't originally going to be in it either. It was going to be Hanker's area.
1: Yeah, I could have seen that. Yeah,
0: which I could see. Which I could see.
1: He's also had some bad haircuts in his time.
0: And, of course, this is not the only movie where Edward Norton is in it and there's also Nazis. Um, because he was also in American History X. Uh yes. Where he played a, a former neo-Nazi. This time around, he's he's not a Nazi. A, for reference for anyone who's not seen the movie, Smoochie the Rone gets duped into playing at a neo-Nazi rally, which is really, all, really funny.
1: They turn the house li- lights up and they all go, Heil Smoochie. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> No, oh, I I've never done a gig in a scary abandoned like bus <laughs> depot before.
0: Yes, I've never done a, I've never done a show in a, in a factor parts warehouse before or something like that, <laughs> wasn't it? It's really good. And so so yeah, so that'll do for trivia. Just a couple of other very very funny lines from this movie. Um when I was a kid and my brothers and I played cowboys and Indians, I was always the Chinese railroad worker. <laughs> Um, which is great. When when Rainbow Randolph calls up uh, Smoochy to to give him a prank phone call, he says, um, <laughs> uh, "I'm not going to sleep until war- worms are crawling up your roam fab- uh, foam rubber ass. I'm going on safari, motherfucker." and then makes a rhino noise
1: yeah there's all of that stuff from williams is what really makes it yeah it's just maniacal performances but also yeah all the funny things he says like rumple foreskin and little nipple nibbler it's it's
0: incredibly funny everything he says is brilliant and so yeah if you're a fan of robin williams you've got to watch this movie i think it's really one of his best performances
1: i i would concur
0: as as someone who has seen pretty much everything that he's ever been in definitely recommend watching this, if only for Robin Williams' performance.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a good one.
0: Um, So, yeah, that'll do for me.
1: Are we ready to rate this, then?
0: Yeah, so how are we going to rate it?
1: That's a tough one. How many of the... Little little rhinets. Those are what his helpers are called, the aren't they? Rynettes, Rynettes. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of whom is Angelo, who and then there's a the bit where they introduce him is he's, he's a midget and he's like, um, Oh, Angelo, I was a huge fan of your work. I'm really pleased that you did on the show. I'm really pleased you became a rhinet and Angelo's just like a job's a job.
0: <laughs> Which is a great introduction to the cynical nature of, of the, the industry, isn't it? He's a very he's, good character, yeah, actually. He's, he's great, Angelo.
1: Yeah. So how many Rynettes are in your troupe?
0: Oh I'm gonna go for sixteen Rynettes. I love this movie it's not perfect and it's not for everyone but it is very very no. funny
1: it is still it is quite weird There's oh yeah but, but I
0: am weird so where it, it's quite weird. yeah
1: um I will go a little lower I'll give it a fourteen I didn't enjoy it as much in the second viewing but I would still watch it again it is still very very funny it's a real it's a, it's underrated is the main thing there, it's just underrated. You look at it and you're like, there's no reason for this not to be more well-known, apart from that it's a bit, a bit weird.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's weird, but that's the only thing that's really going against it. So...
1: I want to try and make like a version of this now, but for Paw Patrol that skewers the fascistic cop dogs.
0: <laughs> uh, you could do Antifa um, Paw Patrol.
1: Yeah. Death to what, whatever the Dog in Paw Patrol is
0: called. <laughs> I suppose they kind of did that with the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon from the 90s. Do you remember where they were basically Antifa?
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to watch it every, every morning. Standing up against great. Robotnik
0: and being cool dudes with milkshakes. Yeah. I remember when they milkshaked Robotnik. <laughs> and Robotnik. It was being
1: played by Jim Carrey in the new film that yeah. may never see the light of day because <laughs> they showed like one trailer and everyone hated it so much.
0: I'm really sad about all the movies that seem like they're never going to see the light of day.
1: Yeah. Cause, have they have they actually said that they're like pushing it back or
0: whatever? So they're going to push back the release date. It is still going to come.
1: Cool. Because um, I'm genuinely intrigued. I did, did think it looks super weird, but I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah. But then there's also the movie called The Hunt. I don't know if you've seen anything about The Hunt. I have not. It's this film that was coming out, but it's been cancelled in the wake of... They claim in the wake of the recent shootings in America, but actually it's because of criticism from Donald Trump and Fox News. Because the sake. the the film is about it's basically a battle royale style thing, or you know how you know the whole the most dangerous game is man, and then people hunt humans across a wilderness. It Happens all the time in movies. Oh yeah, that's been um, done. But this time it's right wing people who vote right wing being rounded up and thrown into like a safari park and then hunted by liberals. <laughs> um so
1: so they're banning that to own the libs
0: yeah basically trump and fox news have got really angry that this movie's coming out and they're like blah 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 and so uh universal's back down and aren't showing it also what a
1: bunch of snowflakes
0: speaking of people that annoy me Di- <laughs> disney disney is a company they've bought out fox right well done you're making a monopoly bravo they've now basically cancelling everything that Fox was going to release. And it's really annoyed me because there's some movies there that seem really interesting and weird. And whatever you say about Fox, like Fox Searchlight Pictures, they weren't afraid to take risks and do weird films here and there. But now that they're coming under the Disney remit, it seems as though Disney is just not willing to take those risks anymore. So there's this really strange X-Men movie coming out called The New Mutants that basically was being framed like a horror movie. And... Basically, Disney have have kept pushing back the release date, and now there's lots of rumours circling about whether it will ever release at all. Um, and it's just like, guys, just release it!
1: Come on. Yeah, has it been shot?
0: It's all been shot. Yeah, it, it's all been shot, and
1: so it's in post production. It's in
0: post production, and it, I I suspect we will never see it. Um, and it's a, it's another case of like like the Marvel movies under Disney. Everybody loves them, but for me very few of them take the risks required to really be great and and they're the kind of films that i just forget about instantly after i've seen them so yeah they're enjoyable but nothing in any of the marvel movies apart from you know black panther the or the second captain america none of them have really stuck with me or guardians of the galaxy um and in, do some weird stuff make a horror movie about the x men do it yeah like, why not and it, and it makes me wonder you know they've disney now has the license to alien are we ever going to see? Really? Are we ever going to see a weird alien movie again? Like the last, the last few alien movies have been pretty bad, but they've also been really interesting because they're totally fucking insane. Are, yeah. are we ever going to see a film like that again? Now that it comes under Disney's remit, we so
1: got Alien versus Predator, right? And now that you know that's part of yeah, Disney's intellectual property, surely the next logical step is Alien versus Simba.
0: <laughs> Technically, the alien queen is now a Disney princess. You know?
1: Yeah exactly where's where's my alien queen doll it's <laughs> not want, very woke of you, you want... not to sell the alien queen doll in your <laughs> disneyland shop
0: you've got the alien queen singing i want to be where the people are i want to see i want to see them screaming you know so <laughs> it's uh, what, what we want it's what we want as, as as disney's target audience we want the alien cartoon musical
1: yeah, you know that scene in, in the second Wreck It Ralph that I haven't seen, where all the princesses are like in one room talking about what it's like to be a princess. Where was the alien queen in that scene?
0: <laughs> where was the alien queen just in this in, to the side, covered in goo, going?
2: <laughs>
1: it's not very woke of it's, them yeah. not to have excluded the alien queen. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah,
0: she's sick of your bullshit, Disney. Um, but yeah, <laughs> she's it, had enough. <laughs> but it does annoy me because I think one of the most interesting things you can do if you have that much money is make weird movies and i do wonder if we're really going to see that from fox now that they come under disney which is a shame it's it's, it's, it's a shame they can can
1: afford to take risks that other filmmakers can't but they won't but they
0: won't and and i think that's that that it's it's a real shame that we're going to lose some potentially weird flops that deserve to be made because disney won't take the risks
1: and that's the thing. They can afford to absorb a few weird flops as well.
0: Yeah. Where's Disney's Death to Smoochie? Yeah. You bull bags. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On that I, note, I, if, I concur. Have you got anything else to say?
1: Um, Just that I've been watching the show you recommended, Taco Chronicles, and I love it. Oh, it's so gentle. Good
0: man. It is so nice. It's such a relaxing show.
1: Yeah, me and my dad watched an episode last night after we'd put Eric to bed because he came came over last night. Oh, lovely. It was great. It's such a... Watching guys in Mexico City talking about tacos. Yeah,
0: and that's all it is and that's all it needs to be. It's so good.
1: And people say, I come here for the taco and the taco is love or whatever. And then lots of like slow shots of them cutting the meat and the pineapples. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then lots of people sitting outside at night eating tacos and saying, this taco is great, but this taco is also great. Because all tacos I mean, are great.
1: People say that stuff like Bake Off is gentle television, but it's not. Bake Off is like, you know, it's like getting a bollocking at school. It's not good. This, If you're on gentle television, this is where it's at, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, Bake Off used to be gentle, but it's become, they, they've upped the drama. So go to Taco Chronicles if you want some genuinely relaxing TV.
1: Yeah. That's the- it's, very, it's very good. Yeah,
0: get on it. That's what we want.
1: Yep, so that's my Netflix recommendation.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. So what are we watching next?
1: Uh, well, I've been finding it hard to choose because we've been talking about so many different things, but let's see. Do you want to do... Do you want to do Star Wars Attack of the Clones? Or do you want to <laughs> do... <laughs> do you want to do another Edward Norton film that I had in mind?
0: Oh, see...
1: So your choice is Edward Norton or Hayden Christensen? (laughs)
0: That's such a choice. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's like asking what's in the mystery box, because I know what I'm going to get with Attack of the Clones, and I think we can do some real good chat about that. But equally, what Edward Norton movie are you going to be talking about?
1: Uh I I also kind of want it to be your fault that we talk about Attack of the Clones rather than mine. <laughs> so that's why I'm asking you to choose. But really I want it to be Attack of the Clones.
0: Uh let's go Attack of the Clones. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's double down.
1: Yeah and then and then I'll I'll save the other Norton film for for the next time.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. I won't say what it is.
0: Is it American History it- X? There's that well-known is fight, romantic it's movie. It's Fight Club. Fight Club. <laughs> Love between a man and a club. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you never come between a man and his club. You don't, you don't, do you? Especially a caveman.
0: <laughs> exactly. The fight Club's actually about Captain Caveman.
1: Yeah, and his big club. <laughs>
0: right okay so well there we attack go of the clones. attack of the clones yeah. <laughs> in isolation
1: gosh. and i hope you will all join us in watching only that film yeah you're not allowed
0: to watch any of the other star wars movies apart from i will allow you to watch the solo movie the Han solo film okay yeah that's, that's the fine. only other one you're allowed to watch audience <laughs> apart from that only attack of the clones
1: yeah especially if you're a fuck boy who wants to remake the last jedi yeah, you're yeah. now banned from watching any Star Wars films apart from Attack of the Clones and Solo. In fact,
0: if you're someone who doesn't like The Last Jedi, you are now only allowed to watch the romance scenes from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And not any of the boring lightsaber scenes, because the lightsaber scenes are boring from what I remember. Yeah.
1: yeah, yawn. Yoda getting a lightsaber out. Nobody wants that.
0: I want to see someone talking about how much they hate sand. That's yeah. what I want.
1: <laughs> I just want to see like a face with loads of shadows on it looking really sad and painful. Exactly. exactly it's mostly that for like two hours two and a half hours <laughs> isn't it
0: that, that's right that's right oh
1: dear oh, i'm all i just remembered that it's really long <laughs> and, also, and i'm kind of regretting it i'm
0: sorry <laughs> your choice is final
1: no it's good it's good I'm, I'm up for it excellent excellent all right well thank you very much for tuning in we really really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed death to smoochie it's a great film um you can get us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on emails bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com. Always love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, if you've watched it, let us know what you think of Death to Smoochie. Yeah, please do. If you were a children's TV entertainer, what would you do? What would be your yeah. character?
1: You can't be a rhino. Yeah. Rhinos taken. You can't
0: be a rhino. You can't because be the a rainbow. A Nazi. You can't be a rhino. But everything else is fair game.
1: Yep, yeah, for sure. Now I'm, I'm going to have to think about my answer for that, and I'll say it. I'll say it next week. That's a good idea. That's our homework. That's, that's our, our homework. homework. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Bye.
0: Bye. Friends come off sizes. <laughs> no,
1: that's that's kind of a cute song. See, it was It is.
0: It's a nice song.
1: Yeah. Good times. <laughs> good times.
0: Oh dear.